This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Afternoon, team. Welcome Tuesday. Lori and Julia show my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate your company. Much ground to cover. So uh, without any further ado... I don't even know really what that means, but yeah. people say it. So people do. I think Shakespeare, totally much ado about much nothing. Much ado about nothing. That's right. right. So. That's us. Right. Much okay. ado about nothing. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But anyway. Back to tell us about Sanctum. Miss Misbehaving <laughs> is a lot more rested today. Oh, I hope you got some rest. I did. and I were yawning. I know. That's but at, but at, during the breaks, we did like, I tried to lift weights in here. We tried to move around. We, we tried stood to, up. We sat We'd down. go 20 more minutes, you know. <laughs> I got a fight to left. stay awake till 8 o'clock, <laughs> yeah. and then I ended oh, up staying o'clock. awake till 10. I, I stayed up till 10. I stayed up, yeah. Yeah, because well, you, you started reading that up. book. I started reading that book and doing a puzzle. Oh, the book, The Chain. The chain. Oh. It's a concept we've never heard of before. And it is, it is a wild, wild and it's Story. a page turner, and so far, I would act exactly how the people have. Oh, my God. I don't know what you do. It's so good. That's going to be August 20th. It's a book. We've got a different author on today. If we, the hotel front desk can get a hold of her. <laughs> oh, let's not relive Kristen that. Kristen Higgins sure we'll is joining to, us. She's in, she's in Houston today. Oh, she is? Um, she's on a book tour. Yeah, well, speaking of book tours, I want to give a shout-out to Vanessa Simonette. You uh, are doing a reading tonight for your book, Life, Motherhood, and Madness at Belle Vinez Winery, oh, which fantastic. is in River Falls. Mm. Oh, lovely. Have you ever been over there? No, either of you two? but no. I, I know people who have. That's lovely. Anyway, she uh, recently published a book, and um, it's an easy read. It's about dating after a divorce, sexting, bikini waxes, blah, blah, blah. But she's going to be at this uh, Belvinez winery from 530 to 730. So, All right. Um, she said, I still laugh whenever I think of Lori's date at a vineyard when she collapsed on a bicycle and was force-fed grapes by her date. <laughs> and Julia, you two met once when you were getting your nails done. We at, did. Um, Frenchies? Frenchies and Woodbury. Uh-huh. Oh, f- uh, fun. Yeah. So anyway, so good luck, uh, Vanessa. No and kidding. I wanted to give a shout out. This was in the Star Tribune this morning. Uh, published by the New York Times, and it's a notable obituary, uh, Julia. We're celebrating 103-year-old uh, Dorothy Olson. She died at her home in Tacoma, oh. living in her home at 103. But here's the deal. She was uh, grew up on a small Oregon farm. Mm-hmm. She was mesmerized by this biography 
of the Red Baron called the Red Knight of Germany that came out in 1927. She wanted to fly. She got herself used to heights by leaping from the farm hayloft onto the stacks below. (laughs) She performed her balance atop the wooden slats that flanked the manure pile. And after high school, she used the money she made from teaching tap and ballet to take flying lessons. So when World I War love I know that. when World War II started, she and twenty five thousand other women applied to the Army Air Force forces for the only jobs open to female uh, pilots, which was freeing men for combat by ferrying newly minted fighters and bombers from the factories to wherever they would leave from the east or west coast. Sure. She had to eat bananas and malted milk to get her five foot four frame up to a hundred pounds. <laughs> oh my And gosh. she became one of eighteen hundred seventy nine women that were accepted and one of one thousand seventy four to become WASPs, women Air Force Service pilots. Mm-hmm. They were the first women to fly military aircraft for the United States, so says the curator of the Museum of Flight, which is in Seattle, mm-hmm. should you find yourself there. And uh, she, uh, yeah, they towed targets, they transferred captured enemy planes, they flew an estimated 60 million miles from 1942 to 44. 38 wasps died in accidents. Uh, Dorothy Olson, Joya, flew 61 missions herself. She flew P-38s, B-51s, and B-17s. She went to the West Coast airfields, the East Coast, and she was one of only a dozen WASP pilots who could fly at night. And She knew how to do the instruments. Yes, and okay. the WASP had to pay for their own food and lodging. Isn't that something? Because they were considered civil service employees. They were finally recognized for benefits in 1977. And as a group, in 2010, all the WASP re- re- received a group um, Congressional Gold Medal, one That's of the cool. two highest yeah. civilians. So anyway, she uh, became hooked on flying after she rode as a passenger on a biplane at the State Fair in Salem, Oregon. <laughs> See what the State Fair starts? Yeah. And uh, um, anyway, she never considered becoming a commercial private pilot. And after her children were born... She stayed out of flying altogether. Nothing could compare um, to you. To, no, she said nothing could compare. She would tell her daughter, "Why would I want to fly a Cessna 50, Cessna when I've flown a P fifty one, which is right next to a P fifty two? I bet. Which is Mustang. It's a long range single seater yeah. fighter plane. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So anyway, cool. Dorothy Olson, a hundred and three years old. There's a really cute picture of her standing on the wing of the plane that the New York Times published. So anyway, but that's kind of a cool long life. 103 living at your home. That's unbelievable. She probably lived in the hillside of Tacoma. Mm -hmm. You know, is Tacoma on the water? Yes. It's a port city. It It looks, it can, it looks kind of similar to Duluth. It does. The city goes up. Okay. From the ports and the docks and, you know, you can see, you can tell it's a working port just like, Duluth, you see all the piles of pellets and mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. Well, big port. Yeah, whatever it is. Oh, Let's gosh. You know, pellets, next pellets, to the pilot yeah. pellet. <laughs> well, pilot you know, pellets. different ports pellets. have different no. stuff. Yeah. You know. Do they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> I always see that one, uh, you know, Japanese liner that uh, begins with an H with the shipping containers. 
Hashiwudo or something. Uh, yeah, you know what well, I'm talking about. Well, they have a about? tool and die company right down on West 7. <laughs> yes, thank you, Julia. It used to be the hoist, American hoist, but now it's Hashiwudo. My grandpa Duke worked there. Oh, really? Tool and die worker? Yeah. You know, I met two Dukes this weekend in, at Brian Mathis's golf tournament. No, you just don't meet a lot of Dukes anymore. I haven't met... The only other Duke I know is Julia Rancic's son, Duke. I have oh, yeah, not yeah. met a Duke since... Because my grandfather's name was Julio, and he was Grandpa Duke. Yeah. And I met a dad and a son, I'm like, guy, you don't meet a lot is of Dukes. Is it a nickname? No, it's their name. It is their name, Duke. So I was just like, wow, I haven't met yeah. any other Dukes. Well, Duke, wasn't there, uh, wasn't the big surf guy in Hawaii? Oh, but, yeah, Duke Kamehameha. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, yeah. I never met him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, 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 I've seen his picture, though. You've, you've been to the Outrigger uh, Reef Hotel, and you you've seen the photo. That, you know I have. That's like surf homage at that hotel. I know. All right, listen, um, when we come back, uh, it's a story we can't get enough of, and it's also, according to the Wall Street Journal, the best-kept secret in Hollywood. Beautiful people. Thanks for hanging out with us oh, on this thanks. Tuesday. Yeah, I know. I'm speaking to everybody. Yeah. Okay, so Wall Street Journal magazine just profiled Brad Falchuk, Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow's husband, calling him in the title Hollywood's best kept secret. Because he's been so profound in his producing. Uh, It means that Gwyneth now has bragging rights to being married to Hollywood's best kept secret. Because she's married to a power producer. Yes, he was a writer on Glee when she met him in 2010, but... He partnered with Ryan Murphy. He wasn't a writer. He was a producer. No, he he was, was a writer it? when she first met really? him. Really? I thought he wrote and produced. He moved into that wow. with Glee, but he was a writer at the time. And uh, now he's building his own brand name. He's got a new TV production company called Brad Felchuk Television. Worst name ever. Okay, mm-hmm. Telly, T-E-L-E-Y, oh, Television, um, okay. and his very first deal is a, a deal with Netflix. It's a show called The Politician, yeah. and Ryan Murphy is a co-executive producer, so they're still tied. He said, I he told the Wall Street Journal, it took him a long time to come up from behind the scenes, Ryan Murphy had the spotlight. I'm not the person up front. Never been my thing, but it's to a fault. It has cost me oh, money. Why? Well, it's cost of money. You're not, if you're just, you know, you're the top title producer, I guess. I don't know. All right. Um, he said, I'm launching a company and people need to understand who I am. I've operated as a light next to a very bright light. Meaning Ryan Murphy. Right, right. And he said... But he has no interest in becoming a celebrity like Gwyneth. He said, the whole world of fame is her world. I always tell my kids we have it great because if I need to get us a dinner reservation in Rome, it's easy. But when we get there, nobody knows us. I can operate anonymously in the world. And I like that. And I'm like, he was just like in Italy with Gwyneth and they were followed everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) But if he's not with her, I bet he can still operate under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. So he also, I mean, and here's the thing, as much as you can maybe not stand Gwyneth, Mel- uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I mean, you can't stand her. I, I can't, <laughs> and a lot of other people I know, but she never, her even her, every time a relationship has ended, 
her next level is never a downgrade. It's always an upgrade. I admire her for that. Yeah, after Brad Pitt, it was Ben Affleck, and it was the, uh, you know, goodwill hunting Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck when he was at his peak. And yeah, then I she mean, and Chris Martin fell in love, right, as Coldplay was the biggest band in the world. Right. Then she and Chris break up, and she's with Brad, superstar TV producer, just as we're entering the era of peak TV. He's not too old. He's not too young. He's hot. He has kids. Blah, he has blah, all blah. his hair. Anyway, there they are. Oh, she's so annoying. He's <laughs> he's got a lifestyle empire. He's got a, a TV empire. These two are going to just keep winning. They're ruling the world. What's yeah, wrong? ruling the world. He he seems like um he also do you have where he's talking about moving in with Gwyneth? Oh yeah, here's yeah. what he said about uh he, he said I'm moving in in September. We've just done it slowly. Divorce is terrible, even when it's the right thing to do, and it's really hard on kids. Come September, we're all going to Brady bunch it up, and it'll be great. So you that we were always right. His kids didn't want to live with no, Gwyneth. but but it is. It took a while for right. them to warm up Absolutely. to the lady who broke up. And their that's parents in all families. Yeah, I mean, that's course. very common that yeah. people don't warm up to the significant other's kids right away. Because no, you don't. No, that's that's very common. Um, let's see what else does he say about it? Oh, Gwyneth has very tough skin. At the end of the day, we're getting into bed together and nothing from the outside world or anybody's opinion means anything. Well. Yeah. Everyone's had an opinion about it. When. Yeah. He, um, he's he got this. So he has been involved, you know, with Pose, American Crime Story, nine one one, A million good shows. And he's got After the Politician, which is going to be eight. It's still filming the final episodes. You know, that's going to be eight on Netflix. He's got nine one one Lone Star which is a TV producer. The creator is Ryan Murphy. He's the producer. Right. And the star is Rob Lowe. Have you heard of this? No. A New York cop relocates to Austin, Texas. Yeah. It must be having his own production company. There's more money to be made. Didn't Rob Lowe just do a show where he's a cop that relocates to England? We just talked about that. Well, who knows? Did we? Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Well, this isn't coming out till 2020. Okay. Yeah. Well, Rob Lowe was involved in so many little dalliances, from a game show to a... Yeah, he really uh, is. Rick, Ripley's Believe It or Not to like right. a star show. Well, if anyway. people don't know about him, they're going to know about him now. Brad Felchuk, television. It's right. just a cumbersome yeah. name. Yeah. You know. But if but you would say it, television. Yeah, television. television. And Brad Pitt was in Mexico. Uh, apparently, Leo is worn out from his Once Upon a Time in Hollywood press duties. So he's on a yacht, Officer Dinia with Sean Penn. And there's Brad. Just- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs... Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done. He's going it alone. He's in Mexico to promote Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's looking uh, Miami Vice Don Johnson in, in this uh, tan outfit he has on. But he well, looks it's very. Good. It's a very eighties kind of look, don't it you is. think? I he I I'm telling he, you, I want you to see that I, damn movie. I know. My mom continues to maintain that Brad Pitt steals the movie from Leonardo DiCaprio, and she is convinced he will be nominated supporting actor for the oscar and he will win because he's of so his age in this. and he's been around hollywood so long and he elevates leonardo's performance mm. my mom saw the movie back to back and went the second day wow. that's amazing a hundred percent for yeah. brad mm-hmm. well he's a hundred percent worth going to i mean but he also who's he gonna date i mean sometimes who's he gonna date i brad don't know Pitt? i kind of thought we'd have a rollout a slow rollout of a girlfriend but uh, with this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but maybe he's just like really not ready for that. And things are going well, well with Angie on the PR front. Neither of them are slamming each other in the press behind other took, sources. I did see a quote that he said, um, I'm only making choices for movies that my kids would want to see. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember well, way then back let's hope when, they don't ever see Ad Astra. I saw an ad for that on television. That? Does that look bad? It's a space movie. That oh, yeah. In. He's yeah. only the producer. Was he? No, no, no. He's, no, he's the it. star. He's in it. Yeah. But I think I think Brad will get over whatever that is going to happen. And if he can't, if he can't pay, I mean, I hope so. Um, he's producing everything, Lori. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, mm-hmm. The Underground Railroad, Blonde, Irresistible, The King. I mean, he's got his... Sweet, bitter, whatever I wonder if Jennifer is. Aniston ever regrets giving up Plan B, because they started that I together. Know they did. That's been a big... Was that part of their divorce? Yeah. Yes, um, he kept that going. He well, got she of it. She could have started her own production company if she wanted. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know, she has. I don't and know. And maybe she has, yeah. But uh, one thing I was reading about Brad Pitt, it, uh, they said if you look a lot at a lot of movies he's in, that Brad is not like a scene stealer movie. Like he kind of brings everybody up in the movies. If you think like even in Benjamin Button, he's got a quiet, he's got an amazing screen presence that he doesn't have to talk a lot. Laurie. Yes. He he, doesn't have to do mm -hmm. the big moves. He doesn't have to overact. Very Robert Redford. You're right. Yeah. And Paul Newman. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 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 that. He's just so beautiful. Right. He really Whoa. is. He really, really is. Oh, my gosh. You got to check out the pictures of him. He's just looking hot. I wish his shirt was light blue, though, instead of diarrhea brown on diarrhea brown. <laughs> beige on beige on or, beige. Yeah. Not always the flashiest. Not not the flashiest. He's trying to blend in. He really is. He really was. Something. Come on, give me some excitement. All right, listen. We'll be back. We'll be back. We got some TV news for you guys. You 
sing it, Lizzo. I love that song. And Truth Hurts. And, oh, boy, I could listen to him over and over. Julia. What? So, because I can't stand for, it. For Truth Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I put the C in single. That's about like the. I put the in pingle. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. make up all I'll my never, own words. I'll never ever be your side chick. No, I, I I need to just print them and study it so same. I can sing right along instead of you know doing lip sync. I make up words. I so do I. Yeah, I make up the words. Those are fun songs. All yeah. right. That's why the lady looked at me so weird the other day because I was badly singing "Truth Hurts" and getting only you know every third sentence part. right. You know. As you like to do, show off your singing skills to the car next door. I get it. I get it. Okay, so uh, TV. Last night, the terror came back on AMC. Okay. So you didn't watch it. Last year, Uh -uh. Donnie and I watched it. It, it, it. If you were a fan the first season, it was the story of two doomed British ships exploring the Northwest Passage in mid 19th century. And, uh, Everything that happens is these guys go on this, you know, expedition that's doomed. In in like the turn of the last century or something, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Mid nineteenth century. century. Okay. Okay, so um Does it pick not, up? No, now no, it's no. completely different okay. and it's a horror fantasy set against the backdrop of Japanese American internment Ooh. following, you know, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Sure. And uh it, it, George Takai is, mm-hmm. Takai is in this. It's the way he's been out, you know, promoting right. in this. And uh, I mean, even though it kind of took a while for it to get going last night, it did. I was strangely hooked because yeah, I, was I, too. I was like, this yeah. is really. So does it give you, is it real information about what uh, went on? I mean, or yes, unfortunately. Well, I mean, that's just be, getting to it because the, the end of the first episode is, is, is Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Happens. But, but but even before that, Laura, you see how the Japanese Americans were being treated. Oh, they were just as you're you're all a bunch of spies. And this yes, is before Pearl Harbor. Pearl, before Pearl yeah. Harbor, when people looked, you know, at anyone who was J- Japanese, yeah. German. Mm. Oh, German, you know, the I... German, and so. But this is the first time we do not see a recreation of a period of history that television. Has rarely touched. No, I've never seen it, so that's why I'm interested in this. I think rarely it would be touched because you know it, it's mirroring what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like a shameful uh, part of our history. Oh, yeah. So it's very, yeah. I mean, it's the most radical departure I would say between um, American Grime Story when it went from the O.J. Simpson to Johnny Versace the assassination and told the story back. You know, I mean, you couldn't have, even though it's called The Terror, the first and the second, they couldn't be more different other than it's mm-hmm. just an anthology mm-hmm. sure. like American yes. Horror Story. Sure. So one doesn't lead to the other. But and there's evil about. Yes, there is. There is. Yes, there's an evil spirit There's involved. evil and then there's evil but it's not by people. Yes. It's not scary. Yes, it is. Um, was the terror the first one scary? Yes, because there was this uh, spirit that maybe was a part of a. I still big... think it sounds good though. Oh, it was. Well, the, it was based on a book too. That right, first one, Simmons, right? Yeah. And yeah. anyway, so that came back. I, I, I mean, like, I, I, I thought it was good. It. I thought it, it was. Did. You know, and George Takei was in an internment camp as a child, five years old. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was on Seth Meyers yeah. last night. And uh, so he said, like, so meaningful to him because he could, he said they recreated. 
Right. You know, everything right And the down. research that had been done on Terminal Island Project, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it sounds really good. I'm going to have to go and watch it and, and tape it. And then the, the juicy uh, goings on on the hills, new beginnings, because we're seeing, this was all filmed whenever ago, and we see all this stuff going on with Brody Jenner and Caitlin, his wife, who's not really his wife, and is now a hot summer fling with Miley Cyrus. Right. They had a big uh, a gala that she puts together for influencers and Instagrammers in Malibu. It really looked exciting. But uh, they were like congratulating her. And Brody's like, I'm the luckiest. I struck gold with her. And, you know, she's smart and she's beautiful. How long were they together before they got married? Like maybe on and off for three years, but Spencer and Heidi didn't go to the gala. They had their 10 year anniversary and they were on a boat cackling about that. um, Brody and Caitlin were probably greeting their guests like they're George and Amal Clooney waving and kissing babies that they're so fake. So the hills is still going. Now, are you going to go back to 90210? Absolutely. I loved it. All right. Because that's that's going to come. I watched. um or started watching Otherhood, and your mom had told us you had shared. My sister really liked it, and what it's about: it's um, three women whose children have all grown up, mm-hmm. and they all have sons. And um, what happens when your sons forget about you on Mother's Day is really where it starts. Okay. And I thought this is kind of I, you know, it the characters felicity huffman you said your mom said wasn't likable but there's a little bit in everybody that's not likable and is likable yeah she has great outfits and great hair yeah um but you can see why she didn't do press for this absolutely not what the show is about and then her real life um right and angela bassett is Is it contratomps is that how you say that word? It, it, yeah, it is how you say that word, yes. <laughs> that was a ding. Donnie, give her a ding. Yeah, give me a ding. ding for Don't we have a ding button or no, something? Was, a dingy? I did it on my own. One ding-a-lingy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's thought-provoking is, is all I'm going to say. Shonda Rhimes did this. Um, Cindy Chupac. Oh, Cindy Chupac. Okay. Yeah, did it. But it's thought-provoking, and I thought And was, are all the moms mothers of boys? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting. And that's why I thought... Because, I mean, they got to address... If you only have boys, you are praying that when your son goes to pick somebody, if he's not gay and he's a hetero guy, that he picks a nice gay, girl. Even he picks a great guy. Well, yeah, I mean... Who remembers? The chances you know? are you would get a great uh, gay son-in-law. The chances <laughs> of getting a great daughter-in-law are not as good, Julia. I'm going to just put that out there. Okay, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's a theory you can yeah. take to the bank. But it really... Not every time, of course, uh-huh. but I mean, the daughter-in-law, if you if that's what, what you're going to get, um, is... Everything because if she's not nice, if she's some kind of a, I think know, people feel this way about son-in-laws too. Oh, uh, if they're not nice, well, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, but I mean, but a daughter is a daughter for the rest of your life. A son is a son till he takes a wife. That's the old wives saying, right? That goes mm-hmm. about that, and that can be how it does go. Not right. always, but this is mm-hmm. the big fear of the mother of boys. You know, my sister, two boys, mm-hmm. same thing. She's like, ah, oh, it's just going to be a crapshoot, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it kind of is. But my yeah, mom yeah. would say the same thing with her daughters. No, she wouldn't. No, but I mean, as far as like getting the son-in-law, she's had oh. like 17. 
Wow. Yeah. You know, I, that's not even a crapshoot. That's like yeah, a classroom. Yeah. yeah I get a that's classroom. A, that's a lifetime movie. It totally but we digress. <laughs> so I don't know. I so think you liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I didn't have to sit and watch it, right. you know, but I thought that it brought up some themes that are interesting. Yeah. When you go through different changes in your life, you know, when you don't, you're not taking care of your kids and spending every moment with them right. and every experience and then how they forget to tell you about them. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it was kind of kind of good. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what else? We oh, Cindy Adams wrote about her friend Barbara Walters. We just were talking about. It was Barbara Walters still having uh, you know vacation and going out with her friend Cindy Adams? And apparently, Barbara, there's all kinds of stories that she's in rapid decline in some of the tabloids. They're all over the tabloids. Uh, the Inquirer saying Barbara Walters' health update. She's frail and bedridden. Um, the National Enquirer. She's declining rapidly with the press already preparing for obit okay well here's what cindy says she's what she writes today now to open mouths babbling about how's barbara walters i'll tell you how's barbara walters and i know a we talk on the phone either she calls or i call b i see her regularly constantly steadily continually saturday we and her chief of staff and great friend of 20 years had dinner together. No jello or chicken soup. Chinese takeout. <laughs> Barbara knocked off seconds on shrimp, dumplings, fried rice, chocolate, ice cream. And that's how she is. Oh, okay. I love it that yeah. she is just fighting back. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's classic, classic. Cindy Adams. I what it. are we going to do when she leaves the post? My gosh. Uh, I She's good. She uh, also had a very dishy little story about Michael Strahan and that uh, he they can't get butts in the audience for Strahan and Sarah at the noon hour. It's turning out to be maybe a bit of a bust. They can get I already tickets told to- you this was going to be a bust. It was the dumbest idea ever. Well, I kind of like sometimes I watch it like right now. I mean, I, I didn't see. you turn into Jerry O? I did watch Jerry O. He was manic and his hair was bouncing all over the place. I just kept watching. I felt sorry for him. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> He's manic a lot. I, yeah, I know. And his him. hair was moving yeah. all over. And I just thought, He's oh, so and Casey goes, I really hope something works. He goes, remember that terrible show we did on Bravo explaining yeah. the housewives? <laughs> Casey actually watched it once yes. because. He knew one of the other guys from like on the mansplaining um, panel. Yeah, like from ESPN, mm-hmm. and Casey was appalled that these three guys weren't making fun of the Real Housewives. That they weren't being snarky or sarcastic. That they were actually trying to understand it and explain it. And he just like yeah. did the karate chop. He's like, there's no way that show's going to work. Guys don't want to wa- hear that. And women don't want to hear men explain right. reality yeah. TV shows to them. He's like, that's they, they did that show all wrong. They this did. after watching five minutes of it. I, well, he's <laughs> right about that. He was. I mean, it is true. <laughs> it would have been a, like maybe a more fun show if they would have given Michael Rappaport. That guy has got the good read on the housewives. Something something different. But anyway, Michael yeah. Strahan, Strahan and Sarah, the hired Kiki um, Palmer, another host. Yeah, she's been on. She's got viewers. Fun. We it's, wish manic. it's manic on the couch yep. show with the three people. It is. And the colors and the clapping. And they're going to hire actors now to fill the seats. No. That's what it says. My word, word on the street. Seat fillers. They need mm. seat fillers. Mm, boy. All right. Well, I'm glad we didn't put in the boss's budget that we were going to BravoCon. 
seats, it would be too much money. Sold out. It's sold out, although mm-hmm. we could maybe get a day pass, Jules. I think that would be fun to go to, I have to admit. I admit it, too. I would love to see the housewives. 70 Bravo celebrities with I, Andy Cohen up on stage. Would we even be able to name them all? No. No. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would not. All right, listen, we got to go because we are going to talk with uh, Kristen Wiggins. Her amazing book, I think it's her 21st novel, Life and Other Inconveniences. I want to mention that Lori and Julia's book club sponsor is Winding Trails Trail Books, located in Milton Square at St. Anthony Park, your neighborhood book and gift store. And you can buy all the books that we mentioned there or online at windingtrailbooks.com. Yay! Okay, yeah. Kristen Higgins is joining us. And uh, your book, which I don't know if it's your 20th or 21st book, but Life and Other Inconveniences, one of our favorite books we've read this summer. And last week, people named it... Uh, you know, book, book of, the of the week. week. Yay. So, Kristen, yeah. thank you. Thank you, ladies. I'm so happy to talk to you. Oh, my gosh. Where it's, are you on your book tour? I am in Houston right now. Oh, you are nice and hot and sweaty there, I imagine. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Okay, so we have not had the pleasure of reading any of your other books, Kristen Higgins, but mm-hmm. we are going to correct that, okay? Totally. Just so you know. All right. Because based on your your latest book, Life and Other Inconveniences, we just absolutely fell in love. It was so Wonderful. You've got to give people the setup of what the story is about. Sure. It's the story of Emma London, who has not spoken to her grandmother, who raised her in 17 years since Emma got pregnant at the age of 18. But out of the blue, Genevieve calls her and says, you need to come home. I'm dying and I want to meet my great granddaughter. And with a lot of reservations, Emma and her daughter Riley go back to this beautiful home on the Connecticut waterfront and and deal with Genevieve in what Genevieve pronounces as the last summer of her life. So it's a story of love, loss, and redemption, and the idea that you're never too old to make things right, and that, you know, life is full of unexpected alliances and and new relationships and uh and chances i think it really in the way we love this about it because it starts out the first chapter is about guanavive and it's told from all the different characters in your book's perspective and she's just a genevieve is my favorite right off the bat that (laughs) we just i loved it she reminded me of my mom i don't know if any of the stuff she said reminded of you of your mom but just kind of some of her snarky uh very truthful observations about people blunt very blunt yep 
Yes, she's very honest. She's 85 years old, and she has lived quite a remarkable and sometimes tragic life with the loss of her husband and son when she was a young woman. But she is brutally honest about what it's like to get older, um, the disappointments that you can have in certain people, and also... um, the fact that even at 85, she can maybe start to look back at her life and see where she herself screwed up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love her voice. She's so snobby and she's so honest and, and, and also warm and wonderful, except to the people she's closest to. That's when it gets really hard. Yeah. And I, and I felt like in each of the characters, you know, you could relate to some part of it, but you deal with some very, you know, with pride, with anger, with loss, with resentment, with love, joy, uh, the hope. Big, mm-hmm. This big twist uh, that we learn about at the end. I unbelievable. Mean. <laughs> I, we love this book. Do you? Okay, so have you written, what, is this your 19th book or 20th book? It's my my 19th book. Okay. Yes. So here you are, this very established, best-selling author. If people are just joining us, we're talking with um, Kristen um, Higgins, and the book is Life and Other Inconveniences. You've written mm-hmm. so many books. Do you, did you, do you have it all worked out ahead of time? Or, I mean, did you, how did you come up with the characters? It just feels like this would have taken a lot of time. I really wanted to write an older heroine um, and not a 40 something heroine. I mean, you know, an, a senior citizen. Yeah. And also, you know, kind of how how we disappear in society as we age and how hard that can be. Um, and I also wanted to write about a family who needs to learn how to become a family and take care of each other. Um, Emma, who's 35, is a wonderful mother to her teenage daughter, and yet looking at her daughter going off to college and, and a new phase of life beginning for her. Um, so I... Um, I don't have it all down in my mind first. I, I, it kind of grows as I write the book and get to know the characters. Did, Ge- did Genevieve, was she based on anyone in your life? <laughs> I wish I had a right. superbly wealthy. I wish no I had kidding. a superbly wealthy grandmother. No right? kidding. I, mean, right. I just wondered, Kristen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my people cleaned houses for people like Genevieve. Okay. Um, we uh, we have very humble humble roots, and mm-hmm. I'm very proud of them. Yeah. But uh, she wasn't really based on anyone that I knew, but. Um, you let your imagination a- go, and you just created a wonderful woman. I mean, I want this to be, I want it to a, be a movie, movie or a TV series, like an eight-part oh, thing. Gosh. And you <laughs> said wonderful, yeah. And really, even how um, I can't think of his name right now because um, who's the guy? Miller. 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 I was Miller. in love with Miller. I love what you, you said, and I felt like you might have talked to someone who had lost someone really early and unexpectedly. When mm-hmm. he was having a conversation with, I, I don't know if it was Genevieve or Emma or someone about how he's so sick of people coming up to him. Oh, the Lord had a plan. And, you know, all the things people say <laughs> yeah. when someone dies and you just young sit there and like, tragically, young and tragically, yeah. you just sit right. there like, really, really? I just I felt that was really real. Yeah. I'm, and sadly, my dad died young and I remember all the, all the ways tries to, 
people tried to be comforting yep. and said idiotic things, mm-hmm. you know, like the God has a plan and heaven has another angel and things like that. And it, it didn't comfort us at all. No, <laughs> no right. it made it, things worse. It's been so much it's, better if someone just says, I'm so sorry, you know, and gives you a big hug. It's just so much better. Right. But, and that's one of the reasons he loves Genevieve is because she says, this is a horrible tragedy. Yeah. And she's so about it it's going to be brutal you know and she knows because she's lost people Mm -hmm. um so in a way it is about loss and how that defines us but how it can define us in in really meaningful and profound ways that make us better people Mm -hmm. for having loved and lost someone yeah i know i just kept picturing and of course i know she's long gone but i just kept picturing jessica tandy as genevieve oh she would have been proud you know what i mean but we've got i mean i i don't know if anything's gonna if your agent is working on selling this but i it's just a great so good it's so good it would just be we've never read you before we're really sad i listen i'm like well what other books can we read but we like have an author on a week so we have to squeeze it now you have now we have now you. you have eighteen books to go. Yeah, now I know. Happen. I know, Kristen. <laughs> um, so life and other inconveniences. I don't suppose you're coming to the Twin Cities for your book reading. Not this time, Not this I'm time. afraid. Do you sometimes come here? I do. I I have never done a, a signing in Minneapolis, but um, but I hope to change that because I know you have a really gorgeous indie bookstore there, and I love to support them. Yeah, yeah we, we have a, we have quite a few, and we have yeah to read. we've got the you know we've got the weather to read if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yes, was you ni- do. it was yeah. so nice to meet you. Yeah, and, we, yeah um, we're giving ladies. five five stars. We agree with People Magazine, one of the best books of the year. Life and other inconveniences. It's it was really She's hard perfect. to put down. It was. Thank you so much, ladies. Have a great day. Okay, Absolutely. thank you. Um, okay, so we've got a couple copies to give away. Yes, we I already do. sent my mom the book, oh. and it rained all weekend in Seattle. So she's like, "Oh, I'm almost done with uh, mm-hmm. life and other inconveniences." And it's I, the it it's so good, and it's trade paperback. It, it's I left mine in Montana. I couldn't. People got mad at me because I wouldn't stop reading. Oh, you mm-hmm. wouldn't put the book down? Nope. Yeah, do, do people it. think you're rude being yep. in the boat reading yep. when other people are chatting. Exactly. Well, that's the sign of a good book. When six you can't five put one. It down. Do we give away our two copies? Donnie's talking people. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll be back.